What's going on? Welcome to the program. Pete Callender here. Happy Thursday. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. No, we don't have a speaker yet. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And uh, unless something happens that is... Uh, you know, earth shattering. They like they get a speaker. I, I'm not really. I'm not going to focus on it today. I'm not going to cover it. It's we, we did all three hours of it yesterday, and I, I think that's enough. We'll see if anybody moves off of those points. Um, but I wanted to start today with the border, and as happenstance would have it, it being happenstance and all, um, the president is speaking about border security stuff right now. Let's uh, drop in if we can. Savings or anything they have to take them on an incredibly dangerous journey. We embedded our border patrol officers with Mexican patrols to detect and, and raid human smuggling operations. This has been, we, thus far, there had more than 7,000 arrests of human smugglers in the last six months. 7,000. That's not just human smuggling at the border. We're focused on cracking down on drug smuggling, which is a serious and deadly promise. Indeed. Or, excuse me, prom- problem. Uh, pro- and I made a promise we would try this. My administration has allocated record funding that added hundreds of additional Border Patrol agents and installed new cutting-edge technologies to be able to use effectively, uh, you know, it's like an X-ray machine, detailed to be able to look through these large containers to determine what's in the container and at the border. For example, since August of last year, Custom and Border Patrol have seized more than 20,000 pounds of deadly fentanyl that's enough to kill kill as many as a thousand people in this country yeah twenty thousand pounds of fentanyl that's a lot it's a killer very bad it's a flat killer yeah and next week i'm going to travel to mexico where i'm going to meet with president lopez obrador we have a big agenda he sounds sick that ranges from the climate crisis to economic development and other issues but one important part of that agenda is strengthening our border between our nations and I will visit the border myself this Sunday in El Paso to assess border enforcement operations, meet with the local officials and community leaders and the folks at the border sending me what they need that they don't have and make it public what they conclude they need they don't have to try to convince my Republican colleagues they should do something. How about a secure border? And I know that migration is putting a real strain on the borders and on border communities. I can't do anything but that. We're going to get these communities more support. And I want to thank all the nonprofits, the faith groups, the community leaders, and other volunteers who will make sure that vulnerable immigrants have what they need to survive, whether it's food, warm clothing, shelter, medical care, right after their arrival. These religious and civic groups represent our, our nation's generosity, the best of our country. And they really do. They really do. And they're a powerful rebuke the hostility and even the hate which many people face when they arrive here legally. Let me close with this. Our problems at the border didn't arise overnight and not going to be solved overnight. It's a difficult problem. It's clear that immigration is a political issue that extreme Republicans are always going to run on. But now they have a choice. They can keep using immigration to try to score political points or they can help solve the problem. They can help solve the problem and come together to fix the broken system. By giving amnesty to everyone. adjourned for the holidays, some Democrats and Republicans, a few of them, got together. Both sides up in the Senate and decided they were going to put together a comprehensive plan on immigration. With the Republican leadership, 
another Republican, I don't know who exactly who oh, did it, okay. rebuked it and rejected it out of hand. It broke up. Just like they rejected my plan two years ago. Just like they rejected my recent request for an additional $3.5 billion to secure and manage the border with more holding facilities, better transportation, additional funding for 2,000 new asylum officers and personnel, 100 new immigration judges to more rapidly adjudicate for people. Right, because there was also amnesty. Much, and so much more. Think about it. I mean, if, if this were something, if we, were, if we had to have 100 more uh, immigration officers to see to it that uh, we're able to import something we needed very badly, it wouldn't take very much time to get it, would it? What? It'd be real done. Or conversely, if there are criminal gangs coming into the nation. They are. Or the, I mean, what? but huh? when it comes to immigration, it what? seems like it's a better issue. What? Better issue for them than trying to solve it. Look, we need, me re we need more resources to secure the border. Yet again, extreme Republicans have said no. Many Republicans agree we should do something. But it's time to stop listening to their inflammatory talk. It's time to look at their record. As I've always done when I sit down, with, I'll sit down with anyone who in good faith wants to fix our broken immigration system. And it's hard. It's hard on the best of circumstances. But if the most extreme Republicans continue to demagogue this issue and reject solutions, I'm left with only one choice. To act on my own, uh -huh. as much as I can on my own, to try to change the atmosphere. Yeah. Immigration reform right. used to be a bipartisan issue. But I'll do it myself. You can make it that way again. It's not only the right thing to do, it's economically the smart thing to do. That's why immigration reform is supported by everyone. Think of this now. I want to remind the public. Immigration reform is supported by the American labor movement. What does unions. reform mean, though? It's supported by religious leaders. It's supported by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. We can secure our border, fix the immigration system to be orderly, fair, safe, and humane. We can do all this while keeping lit the torch of liberty that has led generations of immigrations to America. What? Many of our forebears, many of yours. We can do this by remembering who we are. You've heard me say this a million times. We're the United States of America. What? Who, what, what, the idea what? this is beyond our capacity, I just don't buy. We can do anything and we do it together. And you've heard me say it also. I mean, except God, those demagoguing Republicans. God protects our troops. I'm going to stop here and in a few minutes, literally a few minutes, Secretary Mayorkas and I have been coordinating. He's going to be speaking in much greater detail. We'll take questions at the Department of Homeland Security headquarters. So I want to thank you for your time. And this is going to be uh, this, this is a hard one to to deal with, but we have to deal with it. I mean... Yeah, we've been saying that it's, it's, it's who we are. for like 20 years, Mr. man. President, why did immigrant migration is a human right? Activists say that it is. What's your take? Well, I think it is a human right if, you have your, if your family's being persecuted, if you're being dealt with in a way. I mean, like it was, I thought it was a human right for, you know, uh, uh, Jews in Germany to be able to go to get to escape and get help where they could. Um, but the other side of this is there's also the people in this country have basic rights that are here, basic fundamental rights to assure that people are coming, have been checked out. They're not criminals. They're not problem. They're, you know, they're, that their background checks are real. They, I mean, look, if you think about it, uh -oh. there's not a whole lot of countries people would rather live in than here. No, I, I mean it sincerely. Yeah, we, yeah, we I know that. This has been our argument. Sometimes. Okay. 
The team looks right, to me like maybe I'm... This has, been, this has been the argument from the right. He's just, he's, I'm not sure, or maybe it was his speech from like 20 years ago. But maybe he's just plagiarizing another speech. That is possible. It's Biden. I mean, that's kind of his jam. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. President Joe Biden has now concluded his remarks and answering any questions. And apparently at the beginning of his announcement, the big deal was, uh, first off, he's saying, you know, I'm going... And then the second big deal was that he's going to the border. But we, we already knew that. They made that announcement a little while ago, like a day or so ago. And, uh, and then after that, he said, <laughs> which I think translated to mean that they're unveiling an app for the migrants. Don't call them immigrants anymore. The word is now migrants for some reason. I don't know why that changed. I guess immigrant is now a slur. Is that a slur? Is that wrong? No, I, I wouldn't think so. I never knew it to be. But these things change very quickly, you know? This is why I came up with the idea for an app that would update itself. I mean, my original idea was a book, but then the app technology came out. And so now it's like obvious, just make it into an app. And it would just give you a, de- a, you know, a, a new dictionary, like minute by minute, second by second, as words become verboten and uh, not allowed double plus ungood, and uh, we need to memory hole certain definitions and such. Uh, I mean, I know it's happening online, so it seems like it'd be very easy to just make it an app, and then you could just look at the app when every time you're about to utter a sentence or a word, you would just, you know, maybe whisper it into your phone, see if there's any red flags that pop up, because immigrant is apparently now not a good word. Um, now it's migrant. This is what the left does. They manipulate the language. They've been doing it my entire adult life, ever since I've been paying attention to it, and they've been doing it a lot longer. You just... You take words that are acceptable to people and then you change them, you make them sound bad, or you take words that are unknown to people and you use those as labels because people don't know what they mean. This is why you're constantly redefining people of the left as, you know, progressive or liberal or, you know, now we're back to progressives again and they're leftists. Okay, that's, I mean, it's political leftism. That's why, anyway, and I do define, I do recognize a distinction, I should say, between leftism and just simply being a registered Democrat. Just like there's a difference between being a conservative or right winger or whatever libertarian and being a registered Republican or registered libertarian, right? There's there are differences there because it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum like gender. <laughs> so anyway, the so you've got the uh, president announcing today that there is an app. There's going to be an app that all of the unauthorized immigrants. That's my preferred term, by the way, is unauthorized immigrant. Or unauthorized arrival, but somebody is immigrating into America, they're immigrating, and they are doing so in an unauthorized fashion. And if they are adjudicated to be here illegally, then you would call them an illegal alien. That's how I look at it, but whatever. That's just my view. So you got all these people coming across, and they want to seek asylum, and... Wait, is this live? That's Dan Bishop on Fox News. Are we, are we able to pull this up? He's got a standing ovation. House Speaker vote could begin shortly. That is Dan Bishop. Can you pull that up again? Let's take a no. Uh, I know it's on the fly. I don't know why Dan Bishop would get a standing ovation from people in the House, though. It's you don't have it. Okay. Um, oh, and they just broke away from it anyway. It looks like poor ah uh, Dan. We'll see who he's. Uh, we'll see who he's nominating. Uh, anyway, so the the. 
the asylum seekers will now be able to use an app. I think they get a free phone when they arrive, too. So they're going to get a government phone, and then they're going to get the free app where they get to make their asylum uh, claim just via the smartphone. Now, I'm not sure if they have to turn the phone back in before we send them to some other part of the country, never to be heard from again. I don't know, but uh, I would think a, a good opportunity would be like keep the phone and then we could track the phone to find out where they go. And in fact, some uh, there has been some reporting on this. I talked about it before Christmas uh, that there's been some reporting about where a lot of the, the people are, the migrants, right, are, are heading, where they're being dispersed. And I almost have to wonder, if the president's visit to the border, I, I have to wonder, did Kamala Harris solve the problem? Maybe they're going down to celebrate her victory in convincing every other nation not to send their people here, I think. She was behind him at the, at the speech, uh, the remarks uh, moments ago. So she was there. I guess she's going to the border. I guess we're going to get a status update on all the great work she's been doing. Um, but I also have to wonder as to whether or not this is, this trip is prompted by more and more busloads of unauthorized immigrants, asylum seekers being deposited in sanctuary cities. And the reason I, I wonder this is because just a few days ago, the governor of Colorado the governor of Colorado, Democrat, said he's planning to send migrants to major cities, including New York. That's according to the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. And he and Eric Adams is saying that we're already struggling to deal with an influx of people. It's already very difficult for us. We've taken like seven of them and we're overwhelmed, people. David Strom at HotAir.com says Governors Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott have proven that they can be bipartisan leaders here. That's right. They have they have both been subject to unrelenting criticism from the media and the left, but I repeat myself, for their policy of shipping migrants who illegally entered the country into sanctuary cities like New York and Washington, D.C. Democratic Governor Jared Polis of Colorado thinks they might have the right idea, though. He plans to send migrants to major cities, including New York. And uh, the Democratic governor told Politico shortly afterward that the state has been helping asylum seekers reach their final destinations, including New York City. And that's been going on for weeks. See, this isn't anything new. We're just helping them get to their final destination, like that movie of the same name. That's all right. They want to go to the, you know, the Big Apple. And so we're just simply accommodating those wishes. We are morally, ethically superior to those evil, nasty Republicans who are doing the same thing. But um, the mayor of New York City says he was not informed by Governor Polis that he has been shipping migrants to New York City for weeks. Isn't that one of the reasons Abbott and DeSantis got all of the criticism? Right? The virtue signaling from the left on this is exposed. It is laid bare. The lie is laid bare. They want to, quote, welcome illegal immigrants up until the moment they have to deal with the consequences.
Talk 1110-993-WBT. So Dan Bishop, congressman from North Carolina's 8th District here to the east of uh, Charlotte, uh, he and former Mecklenburg County Commissioner and former state lawmaker, he uh, nominated Byron Donalds again for Speaker of the House, and he gave a speech. That's what he was doing uh, from the floor there now on there. Is this the 6th or maybe the 7th? I've lost count. Um, so we'll see how that uh, shakes out. And uh, if you've heard, if you've been listening to WBT, this, this program where uh, he was on with The Morning Show, he was on with Mark Garrison, uh, you you know what essentially his argument was. He has been making it here for the last few days, which is, you know, and I think this is fair, by the way, that first off, there are, there are you know, 20 members that are opposed to McCarthy. They have different reasons for being opposed. He is trying to return to regular order, essentially, to have you know, the the fiscal crisis management practice abandoned, that we don't do this this uh, budgeting by fiscal cliff, right? We're not constantly put under these, these deadlines in order to turn up the pressure on uh, members of Congress to approve just whatever comes out. They don't go through committees anymore. He wants bills to be, you know, singular. He doesn't like the omnibus stuff. And the, the leadership is refusing to commit to any of that. And for Dan Bishop, he views this as existential. And so that's that that's his argument. Um, but and so who knows? Like he could be moved off of that point, right? If the leadership says, okay, you know what, we'll we'll return to regular order, we'll do appropriations bills, and we'll do, you know, we'll we'll give uh uh members of Congress the ability to offer amendments on the floor. And that sort of thing, to be a part of the process rather than to just let four or five people basically run the entire operation of our legislative and executive branch. You know, Schumer, Pelosi, uh, I guess now would be Hakeem Jeffries, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and the president. You got five people, basically, and nothing gets done unless they all kind of agree. This is what people refer to as the unit party, and this is what... Some of the opponents to McCarthy are trying to dismantle. That's how they see their fight. You don't have to agree with that, but that's how they see their fight. That's what they're. That's what Dan Bishop is fighting for, and that was the case he made today uh, in his nomination speech uh, for uh, for Byron Donalds. So uh, the president announced uh, an app that uh, asylum seekers will be able to use. I assume on the phones that they get for free when they arrive where uh, they will be able to claim asylum, and then uh, I guess they get a bus ticket someplace, either at, uh, you know, either at the expense of federal taxpayers on a midnight flight or ride uh, to some unsuspecting non-border town, or uh, via a, a state-paid-for trip coming from, you know, Florida or Texas. And now Colorado, Democrat governor, has gotten in on this action. Governor Jared Polis, he is now sending uh, migrants to major cities. And I was quoting earlier from a piece by David Strom at HotAir.com, and he says uh, that the Democrats' virtue signaling on this is now being laid bare, that you know, they, they pay a lot of lip service to welcoming illegal immigrants right, right up until they land on Martha's Vineyard, right? They want it to be somebody else's problem. They're all for the open borders, as long as it's red states who pick up the tab for it and have to bear the brunt of it. Have you seen any of the pictures and video out of El Paso, Texas? I mean, you got hundreds, thousands of people 
just living on sidewalks. I'm not talking about San Francisco's open-air drug markets and, and houselessness problem. Right? These are people that came across the border and they either, quote, got processed, whatever that means, or they're awaiting processing and they're hanging out on the sidewalks and they're, it, it, they're tent cities all over the place. And so some of the governors like, you know, we're going to send some of these folks up to these larger cities. We have to spread this out. We can't handle this. Our, you're going to bankrupt these governments. And for the leftists, it's fine. They don't care. Part of, like I have made this argument before. You probably cannot convince me otherwise. You're not going to be able to persuade me otherwise that there is a little bit of Cloward Piven strategy going on right now. These caravans, the amount of people that are fleeing, yes, they are fleeing bad conditions, cartels, drug op- you know, uh, drug cartels that have taken over their, their towns and their states and their countries and their governments and their police forces, absolutely. But there are a lot of other people that are hooking up with the caravans because they have an otherwise, a different incentive to do so. And there are organizations in America that are funding the organization of these caravans. And the Cloward Piven strategy developed by these sociologists back in uh, it was the late 60s, early 70s, whatever, was essentially to overwhelm the safety net. Just pile so many people into the safety net that it snaps. Then people get mad and they demand, you know, with pitchforks and uh, torches, they demand relief and the privileged, the, the rich, the powerful, they will then give to the angry mob in order to protect themselves. That's essentially the plan. It's not my plan. I didn't develop it. My name's not Cloward or Piven. But that was essentially what they what they uh, advocated. They wrote this paper on it and all this, and then people picked it up. They're like, this is the way to do it, is you 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 register everybody to, uh, uh, to, to get on all of the government programs, as many as possible, to overwhelm them, to bankrupt the states, bankrupt the cities. So then they're like, oh, we can't afford it, and things collapse. And through that collapse, through that, dare I call it, deconstruction, right, the deconstruction of the institution – Sound familiar? <clears throat> Critical race theory? Right? Critical theory. It all flows from the same source. Because critical race theory comes from critical theory. And that comes from Gramsci and neo-Marxism and Marxism. This is it's a direct line. And again, this isn't me making this up. This is the people, the theorists, uh, theorists on the left. This is their thread. They did this. They came up with these ideas, not me. So I, I suspect there's a little bit, not everybody, hashtag not all migrants, but there are a good bit of people that are connected to all of this operation that are trying to overload the system. This is the point. You get so many people in that you have to give them amnesty. I don't think it's coincidental. I think it's actually the feature, not the bug of the of the plan. So the Democrats, though, own this problem. This is theirs. Despite what Joe Biden said today, you know, trying to blame the extremist Republicans who want the issue. That's utter garbage. The Republicans have been very clear for the better for 20 years, which is we want border security. We want border security. We want border security. And that includes, by the way, overstaying visas, student visas, tourist visas, right? All of it. It's to shore up the system, shore up 
the border system to make sure that we know who's coming in, when they're leaving. And once you know, once you have an accurate guest book, right, that people are signing in and signing out and we have an idea of where people are and uh, where they're coming from and all that, then we can have discussions about, is this the best system? It seems broken. We should make some changes. I'm all for having those discussions, by the way, all for it. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go for. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, Charlie Brown this football. I'm not going to go run up to this thing and take a big old whack at it because this has been the ball has been pulled out from in front of us before. It always is. There's always a promise of border security and it's never delivered. The closest we got was Trump, right, with the border wall and 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 look at what the reaction was. We can't do that. They sued to stop it, right? They called him a racist and a bigot and all of this. So when you tell me, like, I listen to what you say, and when you behave and speak as if you want open borders, I'm going to take you at your word for that. I'm going to look at your behavior. I'm going to listen to your words. and I'm going to say, okay, you just want a complete open border. And if you say, no, 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 I'm like, all right, well, let's have border security. Well, no, I'm going to oppose that too. Okay, so you're open borders. That's it. These are your, these are the options because we both agree that we want, I want immigration. There are other people that don't, but I do. I want the best and the brightest of the planet to be here. I want them in America. I want entrepreneurs. I want limited government people. I want folks that are trying to get out from under the yoke of socialism and authoritarianism. Yes, I want these people. They're the, that's the best kind of mindset to realize the American dream. I want them. I'm not going to take all of the all of the cartels. I'm not going to take all of the criminals, right? I'm not going to take all of these other what, uh, bad hombres. I'm not going to take all of the other people <laughs> in order to get the good ones. Create a create border security, and then we can have discussions. But they won't do it. It's been this way my entire adult life. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. A reminder that uh, time is running out for the Light the Nights Festival. If you were wanting to go, uh, make it tonight because it ends tomorrow. Ice skating, snow tubing, uh, live entertainment, shopping, treats. Did I mention the light show? Light shows. Uh, Go check it out. The Light the Nights Festival, is it's at Truist Field in Uptown Charlotte, brought to you in part by Piedmont Natural Gas. Share the warmth. And uh, the phone number is here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I also wonder if um, there's some sort of a coordinated message going on with the border. Um, the Homeland Security uh, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, said in an interview yesterday with the Washington Post, he said that, The enormous migrant numbers being encountered at the southern border are, quote, straining our system. As he again echoed administration calls for Congress to pass a sweeping immigration bill that includes an amnesty for millions of illegal immigrants. So I want to be clear here. The Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, recognizes that there is this massive strain being placed on the system because of all the people coming. And the reaction, the, the I should say the solution, and you know me, I'm all about them. The solution is to give everybody that got in amnesty, and then that's going to stop more people from coming or something. Okay, is he an idiot or does he think everybody else is?
The reason why people come is because they think they're going to be able to stay. If the chance of you staying is very, 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 very slim, most people don't make the journey because it's pretty dangerous. Have you heard that? It is. I, it is. It's pretty dangerous. All sorts of terrible things happen to people who make these trips, which is why I think encouraging people with this promise of amnesty dangling out in front of them, I think that's highly unethical. It's pretty, it's pretty disturbing, actually. Hey, parents, send your kids on this trek at the cost of, you know, all of your wealth. Put them in the hands of the cartels and the human traffickers where your daughters will be raped and then sent into America. Maybe uh, your kids will be uh, trafficked into the sex slave or some uh, sex slave industry. Maybe that's what, yeah, maybe that's where they end up. But, you know, you may be able to get them through. And if you get them through, then chain migration amnesty kicks in. That's what they're dangling in front of people. It's, it's so wrong. That's so wrong to do to people. All right, let me go over here to Jim. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. Hey. Yeah, like you, I've been watching this issue for 20 years. Neither party will do anything about it. The only reason I vote, well, two reasons I voted for Trump is he talked about the border and he talked about China. So I said, well, I'll give you a chance, Trump. And he, he did quite a bit on both. But, Pete, I don't, I don't think anything's going to happen until we start having an actual collapse within the country. I think it's partially already starting, particularly in places like California, New York State, New York City, Chicago. But, Pete, right here in North Carolina the Carolinas at large, we've got a huge influx of people from all over the United States. Mm-hmm. Not not just illegal immigrants, but people coming here. And, I mean, I've been here all my life, 76, and uh, it, it's unsustainable. You're, you're part of it, Pete. You came from New York. Don't throw me under the bus. but yeah that's true i came. yeah absolutely we i came down uh we first came down here when my brother went to the citadel and uh we came down to charleston and and stopped along the way but we had come gone stopped in various states along the east coast for uh family vacations over the summers and stuff and so yeah when i got accepted into winthrop university i came in 92 and i never went back yeah and, and and part of the issue in these other big metropolises in the country the quality of life the issues, the taxes, people are trying to escape that. Right. And they're, come, they're pouring in here, but our quality of life, it, life is diminishing by the moment as that continues. And um, Well, but you've also, but you, you, I think you, you said you moved out of Charlotte, right? I, yeah, I'm 30 miles out yeah. now. <clears throat> right, but, but that's... Believe me. Jim, I got... It's all right. Jim, no, I, I appreciate the call. It's good to hear from you. And I, I understand where you're coming from, but I also see cities and towns, and just like I see businesses, they they grow and they shrink. They're like, they almost like, it's almost like they breathe, you know, inhale, exhale. They get bigger, they get smaller. Parts of them do well and parts decay. And that's just sort of, that's life. That's the natural cycle of everything. <laughs>